What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 84. Today with my guest Ray Harkins of the podcast 100 Words or Less. Uh, I've been a fan of his show for a little while now, and I figured I'd see if I could get him on for a little collaborative type of episode. Uh, his show focuses mostly on metal and hardcore, I would say, but uh, if you're looking for a new podcast to add to your rotation, definitely consider checking it out. Uh, by the sound of it, Ray's been running his podcast for about nine years about uh, 400 episodes deep now or so uh he's also got a band which is called taken and has a new ep out called regard to the album kind of delves into his wife's battle with cancer which thankfully she is now in remission from um at his request i featured his song regret off of that ep which you can find on spotify or wherever um, but yeah, Ray's talked to a lot of notable artists and bands around the world. He's got a pretty good thing going on. He's uh, kind of big time, I would say. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and thanks for supporting local music. We all appreciate it. Hopefully you yourself are doing alright. Uh, can't believe there's only a couple of weeks of summer left. Definitely flew by. Um, still about 95 degrees here in Maryland today. And I'm uh, going to drive down to Southern Maryland for a little gig at Scorpion Brewery. A little acoustic show, so that should be good. But yeah, uh, really, just definitely consider checking out 100 Words or Less podcast. And uh, as always, if you're listening on Apple, consider dropping a rating or a comment, which helps either show. So yeah, without further ado, we'll get to the interview with Ray Harkins. coast right now just just hanging in there you know just um yeah i don't know i mean we're not dying immediately so that's positive yeah (laughs) but yeah southern california is awesome can safely say that yeah it is it's uh that's why i live out here (laughs) it's one of those things (laughs) after so many years of you know touring and seeing different places it's like oh yeah there's there's cool stuff out there but like you know we pay not to have weather out here we just pay to have a temperament yeah pretty much yeah that's pretty much the only place in the world i'd consider moving to or at least in this country i would say yeah (laughs) for sure you get it you get it all you know you get the mountains you get the ocean it's great yep but uh, exactly correct but yeah nice talking to you um just kind of hit you up out of the blue, um, partly because I listen to your show and partly because it's just kind of fun to, I don't know, nerd out about podcasts, maybe. But uh, absolutely, I still have like a, a fledgling one, I would say, here in Baltimore, where I'm just trying to support the local bands here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you're well into uh, into your thing there. I think 400 some odd episodes. So it's... it is an absurd amount of shows. Yeah, I'm closing in on nine years of doing it. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah. Quite some time. On, closing in on Joe Rogan, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, quite quite different uh, fan bases, as it were. But uh, yes, <laughs> as far as output is concerned, yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if you've done any sort of like collaborative podcast, but I don't know. I just try to hit people up and, and pick their brain a little bit and uh, flip the script, you know, interview you, I guess as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. I can definitely, I'll, I will make mention it, uh, of the uh, the chat in my pod and, you know, promote it on social media and stuff like that. You know, as as you should do yeah. <laughs> within the context of podcasts. But yeah, not everybody does, as you well know. Yeah, not everybody. 
But I mean, nope. from listening to your stuff, it sounds like you're kind of coming from the same place I am, which is just, I don't know, seems genuine. Seems like you're just trying to help out different bands. And obviously you've been around the block a little more as well. So you got a few more guests to talk to, I would think. But um, I don't know. I figure it all kind of starts the same, right? You just kind of want to get people's music out there. Absolutely. Making sure that uh, we understand where all of us is kind of coming from, so to speak. So, yeah, for sure. Same same aim, just, uh, you know, different approaches. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess your background, um, I either forgot or couldn't find exactly which band that you were in primarily. All good. Yeah. No, I, I sang for a hardcore band. Well, I guess technically still sing for a hardcore band called Taken. We were around most actively from like 97 till about 2004, 2005. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then we uh, disbanded and then uh, started playing shows again in 2008, 2009. And so basically, we just kind of, you know, pop in and out whenever we actually yeah. get an opportunity to go tour Japan, which is pretty amazing. We've been able to do that a couple of times. Um, and so, yeah, but that was my whole introduction to the band life, tour life, and everything that everything positive that has come from my life has usually stemmed out from that in some capacity, whether it's career relationships, all that stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and you've been pretty much West coast your whole, whole time. Yeah. Been, um, I mean, I was born in Las Vegas and then, uh, moved out to Southern California when I was about seven or eight with my family. And, uh, but yeah, I've just always like Southern California, in particular, the Orange County area, that's where I've cut my teeth and that's where I still live just because, as yeah. we were talking about previously, you just cannot beat this area. Everything that you could potentially want, with the exception of high property values, <laughs> is yeah. all here. Um, but there's a reason it's expensive to live here. So, Yeah, no doubt. Um, taxes are not fun, I'm sure. but uh... Not at all, not at all. But yeah, I figure you kind of just got going because, I don't know, maybe you're one of the, the nodes in your scene where people come through town, hit you up, whether it's to uh, crash out back or in the couch or, or whatever. And uh, I figure that's probably how you got going, just doing what you do podcast-wise. Or Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a confluence of a few different things from a podcast perspective. I fell in love with the medium in probably, I don't know, 2005, 2006. Uh, primarily via there was a uh, weekend radio show I listened to with this guy named Leo Laporte. He's uh, called the tech guy and basically just helped people out with their technology yeah. problems. They would call in and he would give them advice. And uh, he mentioned that he had this thing called a podcast. And I was like, what, like, what is that? And mm. at, at that time you had to go through like 40 different steps to obtain a podcast. And so uh, I did it and I was like, wow, this is really cool. It's basically just a very condensed version of what he was doing on the radio show, except on top of that, he was talking about the technology um, ecosystem more broadly and sort of, you know, news and commentary as opposed to giving advice to, you know, their broken piece of equipment. And so I fell in love with the medium. I'd already obviously been very in tune with the independent music scene and playing in bands and all that stuff, working at record labels. And so I just felt the podcasting medium in general was perfect for discussions around independent music. And uh, yeah, I just started a different iteration of the podcast I do now. Um, if you go very, 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 very far back in the feed, you'll see a show called First World Problems. And that's what I did with a couple of friends where I had it, we had a guest on that was, you know, in a band and kind of talk about movies, pop culture stuff. And uh, that was my first iteration of it. And I want to say, I think we started doing that in 2000, 2009, 2010 or something like that. Um, and so I did that for about a year and a half with my friends. And then ultimately it came down to, it was just so busy, like trying to schedule all of these people that I was like, can I just do this on my own, guys? Are you cool with that? And they were like, yeah, no problem. And so then that's when I switched over to 100 Words or Less. And then, um, yeah, just as you illustrated before, just pulled on all of the connections and friends and people to be able to introduce a more holder picture of them. And then, frankly, be able to get to know people better who I've known for, you know, maybe I met them when they were 
20 or 21, but I never had an opportunity to know about them more specifically about them growing up. And so, uh, yeah, it just kind of one thing led to another. And then after a couple of years, it became a, you know, quantifiable commodity for, you know, PR and record labels and stuff. And then now I get pitched to be like, hey, do you want to have this person on? And I can be like, oh, that sounds cool. Or like, I don't know about that. Um, And so it's, uh, it's fun to be able to be in that world of, I still have to actively think about people to obviously bring on, but at the same time, it's not as, um, you know, pressing as like, oh my gosh, this feels like a job because it does not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's cool to just kind of hear how people build theirs, you know, like first how they started and then the little tiny steps, I guess, that get you to actually, I don't know, monetizing the thing or just getting it out there more and getting bigger guests on like, you know, it's obviously funny, the parallel, the little tiers or levels, I guess, between, you know, guests that come on or similar to just bands in general. Like I always say my podcast is like not for famous people. I mean, although I did, a, I did talk to um, Mike Schleibaum the other day because he's from around here. Absolutely. Uh, well, you, that, and that's your and that, that's your hook where you're able to talk to people in the DMV scene and be like hey there's a reason that you should come on this because we can get really specific and nerdy about our particular music scene so that's cool so yeah i mean eventually maybe branch out a little bit more obviously i'm trying to get people on like yourself and talk to people from around the country or around the world but um yeah i don't know it seems to be uh, a fun little thing to do for sure and i imagine it's probably a lot easier now than it ever was before especially nine years ago like you're saying um, yeah you don't have to you don't have to explain what podcasts are people generically know what it is and then they know the the conceit of the format that you don't have to fit into a sound bite or look at this as a regular press opportunity this should be more like a oh wow like you get to chill out and hang out with the person as opposed to oh my gosh i'm going to do an interview with the person for two hours and then they're going to cut it down to 400 words and then it's like oh my gosh like that's a that's that's really rough yeah did you ever find that you kind of had a knack for that even prior to the the podcast because i know personally i never really anticipated quote-unquote interviewing people i mean even though a podcast is more or less just a conversation um i just kind of find it interesting uh to hear other people's takes if they sort of had a an interest or a background in it prior to doing it yeah i i definitely found an interest in it because i was writing i was doing a lot of freelance writing uh in the late 90s early 2000s um because at that time there was a lot of I mean, there still are zines, but they were more of a vehicle at that time where there was a lot of independent publications across the country covering independent music. Um, You know, some of them had really small circulations, but uh, was able to interview bands for that and then also do music reviews. So I've always liked the uh, concept and conceit of an interview and would have these long, sprawling conversations that I record on a, you know, handheld recorder (laughs) and transcribe the interview and then, uh, you know, edit for clarity and then, you know, publish it in a zine and get paid, you know, $75 for it or whatever. (laughs) But uh, so, so I think there is where I understood that uh, the quote unquote value I can bring to a conversation is not trying to go over the rote questions that a lot of people kind of get, like, where's your band name? How cool is the recent tour you were on? It just, you know, that that wasn't that interesting to me. It was more so of, hey, that was really interesting that, you know, you put out this record with this record label or, you know, you had this experience on this tour that was, you know, very unique. Like, wow, you got to play in front of, you know, thousands of people a night when you did this one random huge tour or whatever. So um, I just enjoyed kind of, not hitting on like the most random parts of their life, but definitely trying to go in places that they don't typically get asked about. And I know every interviewer tries to kind of (laughs) elicit that, but I just found, I found it being more fun for me to engage people that way. And then, um, you know, just, it really lends itself obviously to podcasting in general, where you can go to a million different places in an hour. Yeah, I think I always took it for granted, I guess, listening to interviews of people I'm interested in hearing from. 
that, you know, the interviewer uh, themselves actually has to put a little effort into it. Not always, of course, because some people just want to talk their ass off, as you know. But, uh, you know, sometimes you got to get a little, I don't know, into the nitty gritty. And I think you do a good job of it, obviously. Um, Thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's and, and plus, it's entertaining, too, to be able to, like, most people bring a person on, either it's a podcast or an interview, and they obviously want to talk to them about the thing that they're most well known for, which, of course, is cool. But if you are able to color more outside the lines and be like, okay, yes, like, of course, I want to talk to you about your band and everything else. But if you can also be like, well, I know you're really into, you know, table tennis or whatever. Like you yeah. can just go, go there and then they will be equally as excited about sharing their passion about whatever it is that it may be in regards to that. And again, that can be something that you'll talk, you know, 15, 20 minutes about. It's like, oh, this is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just like any other daily conversation almost, except it's permanently recorded on the internet. And uh, yep. <laughs> every once in a while, there's a tiny piece of controversy. I'm sure you're aware. I don't know if you've ever had to delete episodes or anything like that, but uh, I know on my end, it's uh, it's kind of funny sometimes. I try to obviously send people the episode, and if there's an issue with it, then I'll edit it or, or whatever. But um, Yeah. I know you got... I, I've never... Yeah, no, I've, no, it's a good point because definitely sometimes people are in the freewheeling conversation mode and then they say something that obviously they shouldn't have. Um, I usually, like, I notice myself sort of instinctually. It's like, oh, that's not a good vibe or like they shouldn't have shared yeah. that piece of information. Um, so I, I definitely have run into certain things before where... Um, as an example, like a band member, especially in you know the past couple of years that has participated in some uh, unsavory acts or unsavory behavior. And then yeah. that interviewee, the person who I interviewed, who I haven't released an episode yet, we talk about that particular band as being foundational. So I've had to like edit stuff out from that perspective. But um, I've never had to pull an episode or anything like that. Because honestly, I've left there are certain figures that I have interviewed that have gone on to be, um, you know, pariahs within the independent music industry, but I've just kind of left that conversation up um, because it captures a time and a place of that person. It doesn't necessarily reflect like obviously who they are now and anybody with any level of intelligence can realize like, Oh wow. Like that interview was in 2015 and here we are five years later or something like that. So I've never felt the need to do that, but um I definitely have felt the need to republish older episodes um, if someone has, uh, you know, died where I felt like, yeah. oh, wow, like that, you know, I, I never, <laughs> no one views their mortality via a podcast. <laughs> I was just like, I never thought yeah. that I would have to like consider that. But it's like, oh, yes, when certain people like, um, you know, one of my uh, friends, one of the members of this, uh, that British metalcore band Architects, uh, he, I had him and his twin brother on the show and one of uh, his brother died. And so I wanted to highlight that conversation just more so just so more people would listen to it. Um, and so anyways, yeah, I, I, I like to do that because it does bring new ears to the table and you can obviously preserve that person's um, talking voice, frankly, for more people to hear. Yeah. Well, I have uh, not run into that particular situation yet. Uh, hopefully, won't. Uh, yep. But, you, know, you never know what's going to happen. So that that is kind of interesting to think yep. about. Um. But yeah, I mean, your background is metal kid. I would say uh, hardcore. I mean, just uh, do you ever feel the need to like kind of branch out? I mean, I I generally listen, but most of the time the episodes that I listen to are metal. So I was just curious, like. Um, if that's something that's pretty strict or if, if that's really all you listen to and you're that, that hardcore, man, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I mean, I always, yeah, I always will view myself through the lens of just being kind of a, a hardcore kid for lack of a better term. Um, yeah. I, it, most of my interviews definitely traffic within the, you know, punk and hardcore and metal world. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't shy away from having people that, you know, are whatever playing in like, I just, you know, literally just thinking of a recent episode I published, I had the drummer for 
that band local natives who is like you know total indie rock band quite large just sold out the greek theater here in la to like you know four thousand people um nice. and they could not be furthest from aggressive music but they come from the same scene and you know sort of like the pop punk warped tour adjacent world so yeah. i think as long as there's that connective tissue there that they have experience you know playing in front of you know four people in small sweaty rooms that's all i really care about um i know from my own personal experience like when i worked at uh, i worked for about 10 years at a label called century media records and it was really interesting going into that world and dealing with bands on a you know business and professional side of things and i was dealing with bands that were huge metal bands and like you know were playing in front of tens of thousands of people over in europe and then maybe their fan base was developing over here in the states and not under like i hadn't had the experience of bands being for lack of a better term like professional where it was like oh wow yeah. like you're doing this as a sort of career and then understanding that this band might not have had the same experience as myself or many of my peers did of like playing in front of 10 people and like, you know, kind of going up the ranks as you're supposed to, well, not supposed to, but as yeah. one does within the context of that DIY scene. And so once I had that experience, I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. There are, there's kind of two distinct communities, even though the music could be classified as kind of one and the same. Um, so, but for for distinct purposes of your question, uh, you know, I definitely do stick. That's my overarching umbrella that I try to exist under. If you've had an experience yeah. with DIY independent music, I'm interested in talking to you as opposed to kind of just sticking to one genre. Cause it's really fun for me to be able to have a person who's like a podcast host who has a lot of a background within the DIY stuff. And then, you know, a person that plays in a metal band and then a person that plays in like, you know, a, um, you know, a shoegaze band or whatever, like as long yeah. as it, again, operates under that umbrella. Yeah. And I guess in the, the touring verse, I don't know, uh, make it overnight world. It's all who, you know, as with most things in life. Um, but, uh, I guess that's also the point of doing a podcast too, is like, you know, just playing in a, a little no name band or whatever with other no name bands. I don't know. I just got tired of not knowing them. I guess, like personally, it's like, oh, hey, you know, see you or run into you again and uh, maybe we'll have a beer and barely talk. But, you know, you don't actually know them. So mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. th that's probably, you know, for no other reason. That's maybe the number one reason the podcast is is a crazy good resource. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it uh, gives you it gives you the ability to understand the person that is creating the art more holistically and then it gives you the opportunity to connect to people that may frankly hate the art that the person puts out but they're like i'm interested in hearing more about where they came from um because then ultimately i think it's really easy to write bands or artists off by the music that they make understandably so because obviously all the art that gets put out there is not uh it's not for everybody and like i'll i know for my own personal experience like i love the killers killers are an incredible yeah. band they just put out a new record such a good band uh you know and many of my friends are just like the band like you know they have like one or two good songs each record yeah. i'm like no nah, man you're wrong but <laughs> i i think if you understand the connective tissue where that band operates in where it's like you know a few of the dudes like came from the vegas like hardcore and scossy like and they kind of yeah. they have like when you again paint the broader picture of the band you still may hate the band or the artist but you yeah. will understand where they're coming from in a better way and that's exactly what you're talking about of just being able to highlight more of these experiences and then engage with people in a deeper way yeah well said um i feel like you've gotten to talk to i don't even know how many cool people uh conversationally and, and all that so I'm sure it's kind of rewarding in its own right I don't know if it feels like anymore that you're doing it for fun or if it's more of a business thing now but um, ultimately from listening to you it does sound like you're still kind of the same kid just trying to support the scene even though the scene is at, at this point maybe in your world almost national I guess um, yeah so. it. I, I don't, yeah I, I mean I'm always going to come at it from the experience of Southern California and like 
the scene I grew up in, but at the same time, just being like, I feel really glad that, I mean, I'm 40 years old and I, my, my music generation, you know, whatever people between the ages of like 35 and 45, we'll call it, we're kind of the last generation that has touch points with both the analog world and the digital world where I existed, you know, sort of the infancy of the internet. And then obviously I've existed post internet and I mean, I'm thankful for that for a few different reasons, but one of them is the regionality of when I first started to discover music, where now that the, you know, for lack of a better term, like globalization of music, where any band member can live anywhere and, you know, you can just play in a band and like, that's fine. Um, There are, there's difficulty in sort of tracking uh, the, you know, where these bands like come from. It's not, it's not as easy to sort of pinpoint, whereas like, in the late nineties, you could be like, Oh, you know, this band is from Louisville because they have all of these, you know, distinct sort of properties of bands that exist in that area or Southern Ontario and Canada. Like you can just kind of point to these little uh, spots that you become obsessed with. And, you know, Washington DC prime example too, where it's just like, Oh man, the discord and like all this stuff, like you can trace all those, those lines back. And so um, I think because of that, it's really, um, it's it's engaging to see that there still is such a local focus yeah. <laughs> of so many different um you know music scenes whether it's supporting regional venues or supporting you know regional bands whatever it is that you're doing at the end of the day it's all a national thing yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of how it sort of proliferates but hitting the original um question you asked as far as like you know a a job versus something i do for fun i've always kind of firmly kept this thing at a level that was manageable for me because like i'm the only one that does this like i edit and produce and book and i never um i mean i make money off of it and it's able to be a cool sort of side hustle and it gives me a lot of insight into the podcast industry as a whole, because that's what I do uh, with my day job. But I never wanted, like, I I just never wanted it to be, you know, bigger and unmanageable where I'm like, oh, I got to hire all these people. (laughs) I just, I want it to be its own sort of thing. Um, So, and that's fortunately, I've been able to get it to a spot where it is that. So yeah, to your point, it doesn't, it does not feel like a job. If it did, if it did, then I would start to be scared about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you almost like two questions now or take it different directions. I'm not sure which way to go. I mean, on the travel note, I was kind of curious if you end up going places uh, more as a band or as a musician or as like a media member now uh, more than anything. And uh, if so, I was also curious just which cities have you found to be fun lately or even in the past. I think so. I mean, now most of my travel definitely consists of the, um, you know, working, uh, you know, yeah. business travel and stuff like that. But, um, the, I mean, and the Taken still plays shows here. And I mean, the last sh- the last run of shows we played, we did a little East Coast run where we played, uh, you know, Brooklyn and Philly. Um, and it was just over a weekend or whatever. But um there are yeah i mean i just oh i always i'm going to new york city is always really really cool um just because the energy of the city is completely different than what i experience on the west coast um i always love southern ontario toronto you know the greater Mm. toronto area just love that area because we taken uh put out records on a label that was based out of southern ontario um and from the first time that we played there we just always did well and uh, which is just weird because it's not like a common area that like, you know, a Southern California band would find a foothold, yeah. but we were able to. Uh, so that area I always love. Um, fortunately, like I mentioned previously, been able to go to Japan a couple of times. Um, we actually slated to go again in 2022. Um, and that'll be my ninth time touring Japan, which is insane. But uh, that country yeah. is just unbelievable for the support of this particular genre of like sort of melodic hardcore, they just love that stuff over there. And yeah. so um, just the distinct difference between the way that uh, kids at shows there interact with bands that play is just like, they're just so thankful. And yeah. I know that sounds kind of cliched or 
trite in a way, but uh, it is distinctly different than any other show I've been to uh, or played in America or Canada for that matter. So yeah, those are just some, some fun places to go. Yeah. I feel like you're not the only, not alone in expressing that sentiment from uh, some of the people that I've heard on interviews and whatnot. So that's gotta be awesome. Um, And then I guess I was going to maybe just ask like, you know, what is working in the podcast world uh, mean? You know, there's like a subreddit on Reddit uh, called "Explain Like I'm Five, where you just, you know ask for the the uh, the layman's dumbed down version of uh, yep. you know the question. So I'm just kind of curious, like, is it just marketing, or do people pitch you stuff? Like, what's yeah. So I've worked, I've worked now at two different companies within the podcast landscape. Um, I worked for about five years for a company called Midroll and Stitcher. Um, and Stitcher is a podcast player. Um, but okay. then we also produced a ton of shows within the context of the podcast uh, landscape. And then we also did ad sales for them. So it was kind of an all-in-one. I think I can't remember the exact terminology we use, like the the pure play podcast company where it was like, all right, you know, you can come to us for anything. If you have a show idea to pitch, if you want to, uh, you know, try to sell advertising, like we'll engage with ad agencies or clients to be able to, um, you know, get them on podcasts. So I worked there for about five years. And the only reason that I worked there was because uh, they were selling ads for my podcast and they were like, Hey, you know, a lot about podcasts. So like, do you want to come, come here and work. And I was like, sure. Never, I've never done, they were bringing me in to do um, sales. I was like, I've never done sales before, but let's try, <laughs> let's try yeah. see where it goes. And uh, so I learned a lot there. And then now for the past two years, I've been working at iHeartMedia, um, essentially doing similar things, but I basically engage with Salespeople, because as you can imagine, iHeartRadio is a mm. massive company, owns like, yeah. you know, 800 some odd radio stations. And we have like, I think 500 plus podcasts now. So I work with a bunch of different salespeople across the country to help them sell clients into podcasts and understand the value that it can create for them. And so, um, yeah, I've been doing that for about two years. But yeah, it's very, to your point, it's interesting because, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, the podcast industry was not an industry, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just kind of like yeah. people randomly doing stuff, um, you know, trying to make some money off of this thing. And now it's become a uh, full fledged entity where there's, you know, trade events and conferences and, you know, honestly millions and millions of dollars that are pouring into the space as far as like developing content. And then also, you know, clients that are advertising on podcasts because they realize the intimate connection that it creates. So, um, yeah, it's not weird to be like, what the hell is the podcast industry? <laughs> That's yeah. that question. It's like, well, yeah, what it, what is it? And honestly, it's a little bit of everything because the industry is still, growing at such a fast rate that there is a lot of sort of interdisciplinary work where it's like you have to know a lot about everything in podcasting so that's kind of like the role that i fill where it's like oh yeah you want to ask me about ad tech sure like you want to ask me about like what advertisers get if they spend a certain amount of money i'm like i can answer that too so it's kind of a little of everything interesting yeah i mean i feel like you are a wealth of a resource for pretty much any question I could probably ask. I mean, at this point, I'm more just interested in the generalities of it all, of course, because I'm just trying to humbly build mine um, up here. Just, uh, I don't know, being consistent about it and stuff like that. But I imagine yep. I could definitely probably pick your brain on a couple questions somewhere down the road. So maybe I'll email you or something like that. But, <laughs> sure. Um, I know, like you're saying, it's still kind of like a, a nascent uh, industry, so there's still like some room for you know more people in the party. I feel like. Um, oh, abso- absolutely. I mean, I think it's it, it because there, even though there's a lot of consolidation from the the top perspective, whether it's your Spotify's and Sirius and Pandora and iHeart and all the larger media companies realizing the value of podcasts, not only from a uh, you know, a industry perspective, but then understanding that it complements all of the other, you know, the, the connection between podcasts and radio, like it's yeah. one and the same, you know? And yeah. so 
watching all of the, that consolidation happen toward at the top definitely uh, you know makes the innovation that can happen sort of you know below the waves uh, exciting because people can just be like oh wow like this idea that I had to bring it to a wider audience uh, now I have the ability to create this interesting show that you know five to ten years ago was not even possible because of either the technology or the ability to um you know figure out a way to make money off the thing and so now that there is like all of these moving parts there's a lot of interesting things that are going on because people are ultimately trying to be creative yeah definitely i think that's definitely uh, a good way to say it too is just getting people's different expressions out there no matter uh how niche of a thing it may be seems like there's Mm -hmm. always an audience for something. Um, You may not be able to answer this question because I don't know. It might be um, the the podcast that you might be listening to um, right now. It might be a conflict of interest rather is what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. No, Um, no. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. No. I'm just kind of curious if there's some that uh, you kind of go back to, you know? Oh, yeah. There's definitely, uh, you know, anytime I get asked this question, it's usually a matter of, there's like my all time podcast where it's like, this has yeah. been like part of my staple. Um, mm. So like, I mean, every morning I listen to the daily, the New York times podcast, cause they, they just do mm. an incredible job of, of, you know, news reporting and kind of get you ready for the day. Um, a lot of the inspiration that I took from in regards to conversation style and the general framework of the interviews um, was directly lifted from WTF with Mark Marin. Um, yeah. He is a, great stand-up comedian and you know definitely one of the starter kit podcasts that most people mention but yeah he's Mm -hmm. one even though i don't you know i I find myself uh you know letting like you know a month or two of his podcast build up for me but i generally or genuinely listen to every single one (laughs) that he publishes um just love what he does um, and then as far as like more recent shows, um, I really like uh, Crooked Media. They do a, a lot of shows, but they just re- recently launched a show called Take Line. Uh, it's with a host, this guy named Jason Concepcion um, okay. and a, uh, or a WNBA. Well, she actually is a co-owner of the Atlanta Dream from the, uh, uh, yeah, the WNBA. And they do... I mean, they primarily cover basketball because uh, that's the sport that I personally care about the most. Um, and yeah. so, but they 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 also include a lot of uh, political discussion within the context of how it intersects with sports. So I really enjoy that show. Um, and then the last one I'll give a shout out to is um, this podcast called How Long Gone. Um, it start. It's been around for over a year or so, but uh, it's basically two best friends that uh, do they have the connection with the punk and hardcore scene they're both um you know old old heads in regards to that but they've done you know a lot of different things uh one of them is a dj and one of them is like a a brand consultant uh but basically they're just best friends they have uh you know they they bring on interesting people like you know writers from gq and vogue and then just other people you know they also have musicians like they've had waves and phoebe bridgers on um but they just have fun conversations with them. Um, and it's very lighthearted. So that's a show that I've started listening to the past six months that I really enjoy. So, yeah, I could go on, but that yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I won't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I found it. So I dropped a little subscription. I try to yeah. keep tabs on it. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, like I said, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, probably wind this thing down a little bit. I, uh, I hope that, you know, um, anybody who listens to mine will obviously go check out 100 Words podcast or 100 Words or Less. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, all good. But, all good. Uh, I mean, I feel like you guys or you get um, like mid to upper tier guests, you know, it's kind of like as big as metal gets. It's not like quite pop stars per se, obviously, but uh, still get some pretty big dogs in there for sure. I was just yeah. listening, listening to the Kill Switch episode that you just did. And that was good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Adam D is a, and again, that kind of like, I really love to bring people on again that have such a wide swath of experience where it's like, yeah, most people know Adam D is the guitarist for kill switch engage, which clearly is. But then, you know, it's like many people have no clue that he played in an awesome hardcore band called aftershock. And so like for us to talk about that and then to your point of the regionality of stuff, being able to bring up how interesting that, 
you know, sort of greater Massachusetts area metal and hardcore scene was during the time when he was coming up. Cause I think that that's really, um, you know, not only is it interesting for me, but it's interesting for those people to kind of talk about because, you know, most people just talk to them about again, you know, how cool their new record is or, <laughs> you know, how, how sick times of grace is or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for me, those types of conversations are always just inspiring, like in your own world, you know, if, if you're not talking to people about like stuff like that, and I don't know, it's uh, the flame can, can dim probably a little bit. So I feel like, you know, you might apply a lot of what you're talking about to your own writing and, and stuff like that. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, no, it can. T- you're, you're very right, because I think it's it's really um, as people age within the context of music. Like I, I literally think a couple of years ago, Spotify did a study where it was, I think, 32 years old is when people. Uh, for lack of a better term, like age out yeah. of seeking out new music. Mm-hmm. And I think the highest compliment that can be paid to uh, keeping people engaged with music is obviously, you know, listening to a podcast or being like, oh yeah, yeah. I can't go to shows anymore because I've got like, you know, seven kids, a full-time job, like a full plate. So I can't, I don't feel as connected as I once did when I was, you know, 17 or 18 years old and have plenty of time to <laughs> go to a million shows. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can listen to a podcast or engage with a piece of content that will be able to keep you connected, I think that's like, Oh my gosh, like that is like the highest compliment anybody can pay to, you know, your show, my show, whatever it is. Like as long as there's that connected tissue there, it's super exciting. Yeah. I actually heard it was like 25 people stop finding new music, but I I hope that's not true. Um, nonetheless, yeah, I haven't seen any recent studies on that, but that that's definitely something that, yeah, I, I, I anecdotally mention all the time, and that could probably yeah. be data that's like seven or eight years old, yeah. so who knows? Exactly. Well, nonetheless, I feel like in, in our respective worlds, we're kind of the, uh, I don't know, shining lights, or rather, we're more like flashlights. We're like uh, looking around in the dark yeah. for like, uh, you know, new random bands, and every once in a while you find something shiny that you really dig. And, uh, totally and you just want to share like uh, I, I think that's the that, that's exactly what you're talking about what is important where it's just like if something gets you excited you all you want to do is share it you just want to talk about it you want to highlight it and I think that that's yeah. like a really like no matter how much algorithmically can get delivered to you that's obviously great and cool from a sort of AI and music yeah. discovery perspective but at the end of the day when you have that human touch that's behind it I think that's going to yeah motivate people that much more to check something out yeah for sure i still think probably the number one reason i become a fan of a band is somebody tells me about them it's always always going to give them the leg up or whatever to listen more closely or or something i don't know yeah um anyway yeah man um probably i had one more question i think and that was uh which taken song should we feature on this episode oh okay um i am probably going to mention a song off of our latest release that we did we put out in 2018 it was on an ep of ours um that uh yeah we put out after not releasing music since 2004 (laughs) the ep is called uh with yeah the ep is called with regard to um and we can probably play the first track called regret um yeah it's just it's uh I mean, every we were really cognizant of not trying to put out something that was just kind of like, you know, exactly what we did back in the day. But at the same time, we didn't want to just be like this completely different band. Like there's and plus, like we have no careerist ambitions. So we were just like, well, here's what we are. But this is just a little bit older version of ourselves. So, um, yeah, I was really happy at how that all came together. And um, yeah, so you can you can roll that tape at the end of it. <laughs> oh, I definitely will. And uh, my apologies again for maybe not doing my homework quite up to snuff like I might normally. But uh, since I just pulled this it. album up, I'm uh, a little curious here. Um, so you got Regret, Reflect, Realign, <clears throat> and Repose and Rejoice are the song titles. So obviously yep. that suggests a, a little bit of a concept, maybe an overarching yes. theme. You're 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 astute in that. Yes, it was a um, it was a a whole thing because basically, so the the uh, woman depicted on the cover is my wife, and uh, she went through a battle with cancer um, 
and she's about she's been about five years clear of it, which is obviously great. Um, yeah. But during the us assembling this EP, like we had all the music pretty much written, and uh, I was you know I was about maybe about three or four months away from starting to record vocals on it, had a whole set of lyrics. And then uh, I started to go through this experience of the diagnosis and the process of like figuring out, because I mean, at that time, my wife was, you know, in her mid thirties. And so this is not something that I was anticipating of tackling this early in my life. And so the whole EP is centered around that. So I had a whole set of lyrics, threw those away, completely wrote around the process of uh, almost grief in a way because it was, uh, well, not almost, it exactly was grief and kind of understanding the implications of what it would be like if she were to die and then what that would, you know, not only feel like um, emotionally, but then, you know, physically and all of these things. So, yeah, just put pen to paper and then wrote a whole new set of lyrics and came to the band with this idea and was like, hey, guys, can we just like, do this <laughs> and everyone's like of course yeah. like this is you know like this is incredibly meaningful and i've been the main well the only lyric writer uh throughout the duration of the band so yeah they trusted me with that vision and so yeah that's uh that's exactly what came together and everybody was was on board and it's uh it was i mean i was frankly i was glad we weren't an active band in regards to like touring playing 150 plus shows a year because i think it would be really difficult for me to not only yeah rehash all those emotions night after night but then also just the idea of being able to put something out there and being able to articulate a little bit better than i would if i was 23 years old um Mm -hmm. it it was just i I felt uh for lack of a better term like mature enough to be able to uh describe my experiences without just being like i'm angry i'm angry i'm angry (laughs) which is like Hmm. you know not to say that that's not a valid emotion because it is but uh, being able to at least give voice to it in a, a way that felt a little bit more mature. So, um, yeah, I was, yeah. yeah, that was the, that was the whole journey. Yeah. I'm sure it was a, a heavy dose of therapy probably in its own way, but, uh, absolutely. absolutely. No, it felt great. Glad she's doing all right in remission. Yeah. Thank so, you, man. Um, definitely good news. And, uh, yeah, man, really just, I'm going to check that out, uh, shortly here. Probably listen all the way through. We'll see. Unless, Thanks, man. Yeah, as long as it doesn't suck, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, unless I, I get scared or something, it gets too dark for me. I don't know. I get but, it. It's uh, okay, man. Yeah, just I, take, take it take it in burst, whatever you I, need to do. I've been li- listening to more reggae these days, so... <laughs> I get it. I feel little, you, man. A little less metal than I used to, but... Uh, Understood. Hopefully, hopefully uh, people get to hear it. And, uh, yeah, man, just like I said, once again, thanks for taking the time and just chatting. Of course. No problem, man. Thanks. Really do appreciate it. Um, so, of course. Uh, Sweet. Well, thanks for thanks for reaching out and thanks for uh, you know checking out the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, big fan. So keep doing the good work. Cool. We'll do. You keep doing to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you. Awesome. We'll take it easy, Brett. Bye, dude. Bye. So yeah, I want to thank Ray for coming on, and thank you for listening. Definitely go check out the 100 Words or Less podcast, or his band, Taken. This song is called Regret.
Till the level